All right, then. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of A Life That's Good. You know, Millie and I are kind of partial to food. Yeah, we like it. Uh, We especially love to buy and prepare great local food. And it's weird because it's something I haven't always been tuned into. To be honest, I'm not sure how that happened. I mean, we live really in one of the best agricultural areas in the world. And we have so much easy access to the best food you're going to find anywhere. So we don't get to them as often as we'd like to, but we love a great farmer's market. And uh, we're really excited to learn this week that a lot of that kind of locally produced food is still available to us even when we can't attend a farmer's market in person. Our guests this week are Chris Spalletta of Eat Local Huron and Katrina McQuayle of Meeting Place Organic Farm. And we're going to talk about farming and organic farming and the future of the family farm. We're going to talk about food. And our focus will be Eat Local Huron and how you can use it. That's all coming up right now on A Life That's Good. All right, today, uh, Millie and I are huge fans of food. Why not? Eat local Huron, and we're going to talk about that, and organic farming uh, with our friends from The Meeting Place. Katrina McQuayle is here, and can I call you Chris or Christopher? No, Chris is great. Chris is fine. Spoletta, writer, farmer, advocate, and it says weekend stoic philosopher on the website. (laughs) I like that. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So we have, I think, lots of questions. Millie and I have both been focusing a whole lot in recent months. Sure. Would you say? I'm trying to eat local a little more. It's crazy that we live in a place that has all this fresh food sitting right there just asking us to pick it up. And yet we don't always take advantage of that. So we want to introduce people to you guys and what you do and uh, talk about Eat Local Huron. Where did that idea come from? Right around when the pandemic uh, started, a couple of farmers, uh, Tamara McMullen from Firmly Rooted Farm, myself, and a couple of consumers who started it, all were concerned that with the farmers markets closing down, you were going to end up in a situation where consumers were either going to have to go to all of the different farms, Mm -hmm. or farmers were going to have to go to all the different consumers to deliver and get the same food out. And so we came up with the idea in conjunction with Eat Local Grey Bruce, the folks that worked on that kind of helped inform our, our model. Um, which then we changed dramatically, but but that was kind of where the idea came from: aggregating and then distributing local food. And you two are your friends, right? Yes, we're from <laughs> longtime friends. Yeah. Okay. I I wasn't aware that you actually knew each other when we put this all together. So, yeah. and you basically did the two of you start eat local together uh, with four other people. Yeah, where there were six of us at the beginning on the board, and uh, we got. Eat local off the ground with a general manager from this area as well. Yeah. And you want to drop names or can you remember them all? Uh, we, <laughs> you, sure. You've actually recently interviewed her, uh, Courtney Morrison. Oh, okay. And uh, together we put it together and uh, it's evolved over time and uh, we're still going. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Hensel Co-op had a spare building beside uh, one of their co-ops, and we started out there. Perfect. And then the day before our third week of deliveries, it burned down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which was brutal. But uh, we had some help from the community. They rallied uh, some funding, and our insurance came through, and we managed to find a new home at uh, Farm Little outside of Bayfield. So that's okay. where we've got our warehouse now. 
So let's talk a little bit about how you got into farming in the first place and what you could have possibly been thinking. (laughs) Um, My answer is the easy one. I was born here and raised on the farms. I grew up on the farm. I went away like I think many folks do and then thinking I was never coming back and then... Like many folks do. Like many folks do, (laughs) exactly. And then getting to experience the rest of the world and what was out there made the decision to come back in 2013, came back in 2014, was full-time on the farm in 2015, and then bought the farm in 2016. McQuail is kind of a well-known farm name in this area, is it not? I think so. Maybe sometimes with a little bit of like raised eyebrow or kind of, <laughs> what are those weird people doing? No way. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Your, your parents, your parents uh, made a great name for themselves yeah. um, in the organic food movement, getting things going in the area. And for those yeah. who don't know, who are your parents? Uh, Fran and Tony McQuill. Tony, yeah, of yeah. course. And Politician, too, as well. Absolutely. Correct? Yeah. Yep. Sure. There are a lot of farm families, though, that are kind of almost household names. Mm-hmm. Like we, we were talking briefly about the Morrison family. Just, we've had a couple of branches of that family in on the podcast. The family forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are uh, two of those families are selling through Eat Local. Uh, Morrison Berries and mm-hmm. uh, Grassroots Wood-Fired Pizzas are nice. selling through Eat Local. Yeah. How many farms would you have? Uh, on Eat Local? Yeah. Uh, I think we've got something like 50, 50 producers. Wow. Yeah, and I guess for those who don't know, Eat Local is uh, an online store that sells local food where anybody in Huron County can order food and it gets delivered to their door the following Wednesday. Amazing. Yeah. So there was no excuse to not eat fresh. <laughs> right, and to have it delivered direct to your door, for me as a parent of three and running a farm, it's so hard to get away but I can go online, select everything I want, and then have it delivered. Like, how can you go wrong? Wonderful. <laughs> Chris, did we get to your farm roots? For, for me, getting yeah. into farming, I married into it. My, my wife's family has been farming in the same spot in Huron County since the 1840s, I think. Mm. Amazing. We, uh, are, at our house, we have the original deed from the Canada Company for, <laughs> for the land that we're on, actually. And it's, uh, and it's from the 1840s, signed by John Galt's son, who was this. working for the Canada Company at the time. And uh, Maria's family has been there wow. since then. Do you farm an actual farm? Yep. So, yep. Yeah. yep. We've got uh, crops and uh, chicken farm. Third, third generation chicken farmer there. And what's Maria's family? Uh, the Whites. The Whites. That's, okay. I was going to say, when we were talking about family farm names, I was like, that, that family farm name is well known as well. Yep. Did you Crazy. two bond over Eat Local, or were you friends before? Farm kids? We were, we were friends long before Eat yeah. Local, yeah. yeah. No, we, uh, we have a bunch of mutual friends, and uh, we ran into each other over the years and yeah. just started hanging out. Yeah. It's it's that funny thing where when you meet someone as an adult and you're both from the same area, you like look back and you're like, oh, we were both at the Blythe Theater doing, um, uh, what was the, the theater competition called? Oh, oh the, blanking. right. The uh, Sears Festival. The Sears Festival. So yeah. like Gosh. we both performed in the Sears Festival the same year at Blythe. Yeah. But like. Didn't know each other. Didn't know each other. Because <laughs> right. we were from different schools. Yeah. Where did you go to school? I went to F.E. Medill. All right. Where yep. you? I went to St. Anne's. Oh, of course. Yeah. In Clinton. So Meeting Place Organic Farm, that's the name of your farm, correct? Yes. Mom and Dad chose it before you had to write everything out in email addresses. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved back, I did think about trying to rebrand because I was like, this is the longest farm name on the planet. It's a lot to type M-P-O-F. out. M-P-O-F. Yeah. I was going to say M-P-O-F. <laughs> yeah. 
I saw something uh, on your website about draft powered, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. They all drink beer and then they farm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the rows get really messy, though. Yeah, yeah. No, so we use draft horses as much as possible on the farm. Okay. It started actually in the 70s when my parents were making decisions about whether to buy a tractor and hoping to be able to borrow equipment from neighbors. But as most folks who farm know, there's a very limited window when you're trying to get hay off or get plantings in. And so that didn't work uh, as well as they had hoped. And at that time, everyone else was getting rid of horse-drawn equipment. And so dad could go to auctions and get it at a very economical price. Mm -hmm. And horses also replace themselves. So you're able to grow the food for them. You're able to breed them and have replacement horses when you need them. And the equipment was really inexpensive, and it felt good for the environment. So they, Tractor breeding is very ugly. It's, mm, it's, a, it's a messy that. thing. Far, farmers <laughs> also Oil replace everywhere. themselves. <laughs> yes, that's what... Why do you think I'm having so many kids? Sustainable. Sustainable (laughs) farming. So this is not the original topic of the um, podcast. It's a bit of a maybe a bunny trail, but the future of family farming. I have seen third party, of course, witness some strange happenings in the world of farming in the last couple of decades. Mm -hmm. It seems like fewer and fewer smaller family farms. Does that concern you? How do you feel about all that? Where do you see it going? (laughs) We're going to have to have a whole podcast just on that. Um, I I see it as well. I think part of it is that um, for a while there was a really big movement to get big or get out. Um, Mm -hmm. And so farmers were encouraged to buy their neighbors' properties and all of that. And so then um, farms are bigger and more challenging to purchase. Folks who are wanting to get into it have really hard time having land access. And I mean, as everyone has seen in the last few years, prices of anything have gone sky high and so it's even harder but I think the other side of it is how do you create a farm culture that is sustainable I think more and more people aren't looking to farm from 5 a.m. until it's past dark seven days a week Mm -hmm. they're looking for a more sustainable in terms of social family life that also pays them enough that they can retire without having to sell a property. And that's, I think, part of it is that farmers kind of were taught that either their quota or their land would be their retirement fund. And so you didn't have to be earning enough to save for that. But if you have multiple kids and you have to sell the farm to them in order to retire and have a a good retirement, Mm. but your kids don't have the means to buy the farm, then it leaves the family. So it's it's just, it's a messy, a messy thing. I don't think it's for lack of desire for the farms to stay in families or to be smaller. I think it's just the economics of it have gotten really messy. I don't know. You've probably thought about it too, Chris. Yeah. I, I imagine that, uh, that we'll find a way. We have uh, family farms have existed since farming has existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be some bumps along the road, but I imagine we'll find a way. People yeah. love farming. I was going to say you have to. Uh, so this is something I've said many times to many friends over the years who say, "Oh, you live out in the middle of nowhere where it's all farms and stuff. Would you ever be a farmer?" And my response is always, "Nobody in their right mind would be a farmer." <laughs> I agree. It's too much like work. <laughs> it's like it's hard work. But it's also always been a community thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, your neighbors would come help you get your hay in or like you and it, like there's just there's always been that community piece of it. And the bigger our farms have gotten and the more fancy our machines have gotten, the less we've needed that community right. to do the actual harvesting or the planting or that. And so we find community in different ways. 
but it, it definitely has meant that you don't necessarily spend as much time in community when you're farming, which I think makes it harder to farm. Sure. Another thing that I've heard from people who have chosen to go into farming is that when they were thinking about, you know, did they want to work in an office? Did they want to work uh, in a factory? When they're thinking about what their lifestyle wanted to look like and they thought about being able to live somewhere beautiful and work somewhere beautiful and work outdoors a lot, that's another reason mm -hmm. to get into farming yeah. or to stay in farming. Christopher Spoletta is here from Eat Local Huron and also Katrina McQuail of A Meeting Place Organic Farm. I guess you're both uh, from Eat Local Huron, correct? Yeah, she was She was one of the founders. Okay. Yeah. I retired from the board yeah, when right. I was realized I was going to have another kid. <laughs> wow. So if you can, yeah, there's, <laughs> she has a ton going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things uh, you you want something done. Ask a busy person, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But then the busy person gets to a point where you have to not ask the busy person, <laughs> or they at least have to learn to say no. But she got it started, which is yeah. what counts. So, e local Huron, wonderful uh, organization. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, tell us what it's all about, how it works. So, e local Huron is an online farmers market, and uh, so what that means is it's a platform for farmers across Huron County to sell their stuff directly to people in Huron County, across the county. They manage all of their inventory. They put the stuff on the site that, that is fresh and ready to sell each week. And anybody in Huron County goes on the site, looks through it, and picks what they want, like they're at a farmer's market. You can filter by individual producers if you just want to like buy something from Meeting Place Organic Farm. You can look through their stuff, or you can look through the dairy section or the, the vegetable section. And then you put it all in a basket, and it's just online ordering from that point. And then it gets delivered to your door the following Wednesday. Yeah, so you can order from Wednesday until Sunday. It closes Sunday night. And then that Wednesday, you get your groceries. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. You also will, so I don't want to confuse people, but <laughs> you also can find a lot of your suppliers at farmer's markets and yes. whatnot at times, right? Yeah. So some of uh, some of the producers are at individual farmer's markets across Huron County. Mm -hmm. Like some of them will be at the Bayfield Farmer's Market, some at Godrich, some at Exeter. And some of them don't go to farmer's markets at all. And then some of them are really, like, small bakeries and stuff like that. And some of them have storefronts. Like, yeah. Kate's Cafe and Blake Street Bakery both sell some of their stuff through us that you can find it online. Wilhelmina Bakery uh, is, a, is a small on-farm bakery. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can get her stuff online through us as well. I got a birthday cake from her. And a birthday cake. You can, yes, yeah. exactly. Did you get a birthday cake? Uh, yeah, from for, her? for me. That's no, fantastic. Two. Her birthday, two birthday cakes. Actually. <laughs> two birthday yeah. cakes. That's a way to do it. Uh, yeah. uh, we weren't sure which it. flavor, and we had a lot of people coming. So I thought, oh, I'll get two cakes. That's, That's great. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and. As, as a producer who sells on Eat Local, um, one of the things that is great for me is it means that I can choose to go to the Godrich Farmer's Market. We're doing the Godrich Farmer's Market this year, which is the first time in a while we've done a market. But I can still access everyone in the county, right? I can access people all the way down, like St. Joe's, Exeter, whereas... I wouldn't have that reach if it weren't for Eat Local because I don't have the time as myself to go be at all the different markets that would give me that, that connection to those folks. 
so I get both. I get to have in-person relationships at the Godrich Farmers Market when I'm there, but then I get to have my product reach further afield through Eat Local. Nice. So it's one-stop shop for consumers. Yeah. Obviously, we don't have to go to various farmers markets, stores, exactly. farms, etc. But it's also for you that you can mm-hmm. allocate your in-person time to one place, but be everywhere exactly. if you want to be. So what is the actual region that you folks would deliver to then? Huron County. If like you it's all any, of it. Anywhere yeah. in Huron County. If you County. are within the bounds. Yeah. Wow. So like from, what is it, like... Uh, it's a big Kirk, county. Kirk, Kirkton to like <laughs> Fordwich to... Yeah, it is uh, it is very big. Who does the deliveries? George Zutout does our deliveries. Oh, George. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. And he works at Coastal Coffee? Yes, yep. he does. He's a busy boy. He's everywhere. He's a busy guy. Wow. Yeah. And he's great at what he does. Just fantastic. Yeah. Well, a very personable guy, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's yeah. awesome. Super friendly. And he, yeah, he's doing events right now at Postal Coffee, right? Like <laughs> yeah. he to, and he was doing, doing a, a record night in mm-hmm. Goderich. That was awesome. What yeah. isn't he doing? Yeah, yeah, he's great. Are you looking for more suppliers or are you? Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely, always. Like uh, anybody who's interested in selling through us can sell through us. Um, it, it's uh, They can just reach out to us and we can get them set up with an online store. We're a platform for local farmers, so okay. that's what we're there for. And food and, producers, not and, just farmers. Yeah, sorry, yeah. that's true. <laughs> if, uh, farmers and food producers. So if there's somebody who's got a bakery that wants to sell stuff or somebody who's, I don't know, make, just making bread, just making... Uh, Preserves. You know, from, 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 the, from the smallest to the mediumest of producers. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we don't have... Um, Enormous scale producers on, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Do you but, have a like a ceiling that you don't want to get too much far? No, they don't really want to deal with us. We're too inconvenient. We, we, yeah, we don't have enough uh, volume yeah. for for really big producers to to bother with us, which is great because it creates a platform for the smaller producers to have a yeah. shot at it. And I think the other thing that we we haven't really talked about is the other benefit of it is farmers markets usually end right yeah. here. We are seasonal, seasonal farmers markets in person, whereas Eat Local works year-round. And so once the farmer's markets are over, it still continues to be a place where you can access things. And and yeah. I know that for me as a producer, I still have stuff that, that I want to sell and that is worth selling, but it wouldn't be worth my time to go to a farmer's market because of the scale, but I can still put it in local. So you're, yeah. getting, you're getting these niche items that you won't find at the farmer's market. Yeah, like your jams, yeah. your sausages, your stuff like that is available year-round. Yeah. Yeah. Flour... Like mm-hmm. baking, actual baking yeah. goods. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, there are yeah, flour yeah. mills. Yeah, there's a. Our location is at uh, Farm Little, and they've got a, a stone mill that they stone <laughs> mill heritage variety uh, wheat with. It's wow. it's amazing. Like, what even the stuff year are available we in right is now? amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the year we're in right now. I think it's great. Um, <laughs> So I had written down locations, but there aren't locations, really, are there? You were setting up the fridge program. Yeah. We're in the middle right now of setting up a couple of community fridges. Uh, We got a grant from Libro, and uh, we're setting up side-by-side drop-off and community fridges in Goderich and in Exeter. So what that'll do is allow people who live in apartments or who can't get stuff delivered directly to their house to be able to get eat local stuff in the drop-off fridge. And then the community fridge is available for 
donations. If people donate through Eat Local, we will stock the community fridge with items for the food insecure. Wow. For people to be able to get it with dignity, to just walk in and get what they need. Uh And uh, for people in the community to donate as well. We kind of might love that. Yeah. Yeah. Are are you folks working alongside with at all? I know Godridge has the... Little Pantry? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we've talked to Avery at the Little Pantry, and uh, she's given us some good advice along the way as well. Yeah. yeah. That's something that started last year, right? Mm-hmm. I've uh, seen them online. They're doing yeah. really, really well, right? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I think they've got three or four locations across Godrich right. where they where they keep stuff stocked every week. That's wonderful. Yeah. And the community support has been huge. It's been great to see. And that's the thing. I think that... We were talking yesterday, Phil and I, about the the little thing you can do to make life just a little better. Like, for us, it's the podcast. It sounds like the little pantry and the little fridge is like, you can't, as one person, fix food insecurity, but you could donate items exactly. to the pantry or to the fridge, and it's just that little bit, right, that, that helps, and also a little, it sounds like a little more accessible than some other avenues where people might be able to get their their food yeah. because this is available all the time yeah. and where they can find it. Yeah. Um, they don't have to have the transportation to get to a certain place or be there at a certain time. So yeah. Yeah. that's in, wild. In this case, it's being set up at the Den in Godrich. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So right, right on, on the, the square, square, easily walkable and uh, yeah. and available to everyone. Well, and it, and it also means that backyard gardeners or folks who end up with surplus mm-hmm. in their gardens can donate it and it will be kept fresh in the fridges. Yeah. Right? Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I have three tomatoes on my deck that, and you're not having them. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's been sitting out there this with... big too, so they're like the size of a tennis ball at, yeah. at best. He's been sitting Delicious out there with tennis ball. Yes. bacon and bread being like I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> you don't want the squirrels to get them. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a, I, I mean, my mom they used to always say that uh, she was never, uh, never felt closer to God than she did when her hands were dirty. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, like, I mean, we have a very small deck with just a few plants and a good tomato, but the, the satisfaction you get from growing a tomato is, I don't and know, eating of, the tomato. Mm-hmm. It yeah. seems simple, but it's cool. Yeah. That saying is kind of how I ended up coming back to the farm was I was living in Guelph, running a really cool social change not-for-profit that I really strongly believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I could feel that I, I that wasn't like what was fulfilling me. Um, I believed in the work, but I wasn't being filled up by it. And so I was thinking about what my next steps were. And my parents at that point started a conversation about farm succession. And I was just, I talked to friends who were like, because I was like, oh, it's, you know, I thought I'd do something meaningful, like big and meaningful with my life. And they're like, Katrina, farming is like, you know, and, and the idea of having my hands in the dirt and working with animals and being outside, I was, I, I was like, yeah, like that has been some of the happiest times in my life. And so why wouldn't I choose to go back to that? Um, Nothing bigger or more meaningful than what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, well, we saw during the, during the pandemic, what is essential? What are essential workers? Right? What are the essential services? And food is, I mean, it doesn't get more essential. Yeah. 
a lot of things we take for granted, right? Food, art, you know, some of those mm-hmm. things that people were crumbling under the loss of art. They were turning yeah. to art to try to save their, you know. Turning to food. Yeah. Right. A lot of people gained a lot of weight I during did. COVID. <laughs> I did. Well, and also how much did people start, right, with, the, with, making with bread. their time? Making bread <laughs> or trying out recipes, like just that connection to, and I think, I think one of the beautiful things about farming, like some of the trades like construction and carpentry and welding and that is that you, it's tangible, right? There's something so tangible about what you are doing because you see the result, you know, you plant that tomato, you watch it grow, you get to harvest the fruit, right? Like that's, that's so tangible in a way that sending emails doesn't get you. And that's not to say that right. that work is not important and meaningful, but it's it's that like the reward in my body, what I see and feel when I see an animal born or um, things growing, like the trees that I planted when I first moved back to the farm in 2014 are now actually like sizable trees. And that feels really neat. Right. Um, so I think there's I think people find meaning in baking or creating food and and then farming and growing food i visited a friend over the weekend in toronto and uh and he had just taken the cherries off the cherry tree in his backyard and made cherry jam and was just so happy to be able to make food even in toronto to do just a little something and uh and his wife was making kombucha in a small closet as well just for them but it was just to just to be able to to make some food I see the word organic attached to your farm. Do you want to talk about what does that exactly mean? Yeah, I think it's evolved over the years. When mom and dad picked the farm name back in the 70s, it was very much about not using chemical sprays and and synthetic chemical sprays for pesticides and herbicides and fertilizers, all of that stuff. So it was very much about doing things organically with um, animal manure and compost and alternative pest control methods like bringing in ladybugs for aphids or a specific type of wasp for, for pests in our orchard and things like that. I think that in today's current situation, you'll also hear a lot of words like sustainable or regenerative, which are kind of in a similar vein. And the idea, I mean, certified organic, which is our farm is certified organic, means that we are following the Canadian organic standard, both in terms of animal welfare, uh, in terms of how we do our farming, which includes, you know, no hormones, no antibiotics, no synthetic chemical uh, additions. But more and more organic, sustainable, regenerative means that plus. And so people are looking at rotational grazing, how they're moving animals through pastures. They're adding um, trees to their to their farms and properties. So it's it's really about having a ecological system that does not rely on external inputs that cannot be created within it. Is it more difficult long run, just the same? Or would you say once you're used to it, it's easier? It's a great question. Having grown up with it, I don't know a whole lot else. I would say in general, it depends on scale. 
there are organic farmers who are who are cash cropping thousands of acres organically, and they have the equipment to do the extra weed control that they need to in those situations. On a small scale, it's generally more labor intensive because what you could treat with either um, a, an herbicide or an insecticide, you're having to use manual labor for or you're having to come up with alternatives. So you'll see different organic farmers potentially using mulches or things to try and do weed suppression. But what I like about it is it requires that I be out on my farm more. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a saying that a farmer's footsteps are the best fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that the more you see your land, the more you see your animals, the better everything will do because you're able to address issues before they become problems and kind of manage, do a more intensive management. But yeah, at least on the smaller scale, it's more labor intensive. Does does a, a farm need to be organic to be part of Eat Local or not? No. If people are interested, they can they can look for the specifically organic farms. Right. But uh, but we have all the choices types. there. Yeah, yeah. it's lo- local. Local is what yeah. is what brings the them all together. Which is why yeah. it's called Eat Local, yeah. Not, yeah. not Eat Organic. Yeah. 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 yeah, fair enough. Katrina's got like. Her farm is is regenerative, is sustainable. She this year won the sustainability award from the uh, Huron Chamber of Commerce. Congratulations, well done. Um, well, and, and I think sustainable to me means not just ecologically sustainable, but also like farmer health sustainable, community sustainable. And so that's one of the things that our farm that we try and do on our farm is make sure. And some years we're better than others, but make sure that that the farmers and our farm staff are getting the time that we need to stay in it. We don't want people to be burning out. We don't want people to be injured because they're working too hard or too tired. And we also believe in our community. And so investing back in our community, you know, I think you've um, been involved in the podcast with some, like we support the Blythe Festival Theater. We work with the food bank. We, right, like... Volunteered and co-founded Eat Local Huron. There you go. Subtle place. We only thrive if our community thrives, and I think I think that's part of Eat Local as well is trying to keep those economic dollars in our community. Mm -hmm. They've done some studies that show that I don't know things are way better when you spend money that stays locally. Yeah. Oh, local. It's all about local for me. Anything I can do local, I'll do local. I'll spend more to be local if I, you know, have to. I'd rather support my friend down the street than drive three hours or get something online that I've got to try to return. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. It's like, I don't want to people again to return it, the effort. And I I think what it mostly goes to is that when you're dealing with big international companies, a lot of that money just goes directly to the people at the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's... I mean, I've got nothing against supporting other people working all over the world, but yeah. uh, but it's just a lot of the times those people are not being paid as well or treated as well, and all of that money is just going to. Am I allowed to say Galen Weston? Am I? I, I I'm not going to. I wouldn't mention Galen Weston. By <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> yeah, Galen no. Weston would but, be offended. But maybe, maybe people. So uh, we get all the hits on the podcast. Yeah. Though. <laughs> I'm sure he listens. Yeah. <laughs> in, any, in any case. Yeah, in this case, you know the people that it's going to. I mean, the people at the top of Meeting Place Organic Farm are the same people doing the work at Meeting Place Organic Farm. 
And I think you were kind of alluding to it earlier, but when you are supporting local, say, someone that works at Blythe Theatre, they come spend money at your farm. Yeah. And that's supporting your family, but then it's also allowing you folks to generate the revenue that you can go enjoy some of your time off at the theater. And you could, what maybe while you're there, you go stop in at Broad Bakery exactly. or, you know, it's all cyclical. So that's the sustainability part is that if you're spending money locally, like if we go and buy a birdhouse down at the home hardware here in town... We know that, you know, that same business is paying taxes to better our neighborhood. Yeah. And so it's all just feeding back into that. The the other big piece is the the, the global aspect of it, the carbon aspect of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I did some calculations with the uh, on our food. And if you were to buy a pound of garlic from China, which is often available at the grocery store, it creates 700 times more carbon getting to you than if you ordered it through Eat Local Huron, like through oh. one of our farmers here. Yeah. 700 times. And the, the cost isn't that much different. Yeah. Like the, the, the value of the garlic. Yeah. And, and, and the flavor is better. Yeah, yeah like, it's not fresh. <laughs> and, and like garlic can be stored for a long time, but even if you can't get fresh garlic, there is uh, a local garlic powder maker. Yeah. Right. And it tastes unbelievable. And so even when garlic's not in season, when there's nothing left stored, you can get local garlic. Or you can ship it over from the other side of the world. And again, you know, no no problem supporting people who are working anywhere in the world. But, like, why? Why ship it from the other side of the world when we can get it here? (laughs) Why are we, you know, why release that much carbon, create that much waste? We're, we're hoping to be able to cut down on some of that. Some of us are already making enough greenhouse gases on our own. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what? I got to tell you that um, one of the sort of foundational pieces to this whole podcast was me realizing that, you know, I've had this amazing life in this part of the world and wanting to celebrate Midwestern Ontario for all the wonderful things that it is. I mean, we as a whole population around here, I think largely, not everybody, but largely just underestimate how lucky we are to live here, how fortunate we are. We have a lake good lord it's so beautiful and we have all this rich farmland and we have neighbors and we have everything we could possibly hope for around here and um, so this has been a really happy podcast for me to learn about these things uh, a little bit more because obviously we're aware at some level but introducing you two to our podcast audience is um, important and a happy thing for us i think shopping local we should tell people how to do it Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Connect. For Eat Local Huron, it's just eatlocalhuron.ca or just Google Eat Local Huron. And uh, you just click on it, click on shop, and it'll take you right to the store. You can order anytime between Wednesday 9 a.m. and Sunday 11 p.m. Perfect. And yeah, so the I guess I haven't talked a lot about what's what's happening on the farm. We um, so we do beef, pork, and chicken as well as lamb and duck and goat in terms of our meats. They're all processed locally, either at Greens or at Schefter's. And 
you can order it online through Eat Local. You can order it online through our, our farm store. So one of the benefits of Eat Local is you can get smaller quantities of our meat through them, whereas more of what you order through our store are like halves, quarters, variety packs. And then um, we also have an organic apple orchard, and we are doing flower subscriptions. We're starting to have organic flowers that we're selling into the community because, uh, again, the floral industry is actually one of those places that there are a lot of chemicals and they're flown from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so doing local organic flowers uh, was something that I thought would be um, a good benefit to the community. It also brightens up my life. And you can also stop by the farm. So we have a farm store uh, that we're just actually launching this year. And we are doing more on-farm events. So we always have an annual Mother's Day open house on the farm. But uh, over the next little while, we'll be rolling out uh, events, mostly on Saturdays, um, that are family-friendly. So where is Meeting Place? We are just outside of St. Helens. So for most folks, that's basically a little bit off of Highway 86 between Lucknow and Wingham. We're really close to Morrison Berries and Grassroots. So people can find us. We're on the map. and But yeah, people can find us on social media as well. And you can find Eat Local on social media, too. We're, I, I do a photo a day um, just to keep me kind of honest. Keep the crazy and, at bay. Yeah, exactly. EatLocalHuron.ca. I got this nice little card that mm-hmm. I keep handy. So, And you're on Facebook, and you're on Instagram, and you have an email address, info at EatLocalHuron.ca. Those are all ways to connect. Any final thoughts? Thank you for making a podcast about oh. what's awesome in Huron County. That's, mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, celebrating this area is a really good idea. I think that's just wonderful work. Nicely we, done. We feel lucky. We should celebrate with some food. <laughs> Definitely. Should. And maybe a couple cakes. Yeah, a couple cakes. <laughs> Our thanks this week to Katrina McQuail of um, Meeting, Meeting Place <laughs> Organic Farm. <laughs> it's a good it's thing a mouthful. he's pretty. The MPOF. Thank <laughs> and, you. Uh, Start the rebrand. Christopher Spoletta, Eat Local here on. We'll, uh, we'll post all the links on the photo blog. Hey, before we go this week, I want to take a moment just to say thank you for listening. Special thanks to my son, Lion, at LionX Productions for the theme music. I kind of love it, if I'm honest. He's a super talented dude in all things media, websites, social, video, film, and yes, music, all the things. Connect with him at lionx.org. It's L-Y-O-N-X dot org. Also, we try to support our chats every week with a photo blog to give you just a little bit more of a visual on the things we're discussing. And we like taking pictures. You can find that at our radio station page. It's cool945.ca cool945.ca to find the A Life That's Good photo page. Click on On Air. Then in the menu that drops down, click my name, Phil Main, and that will take you to a library where you can choose the pictures that you want to look at. Oh, and one more thing before I take off this week, and I don't know why it's hard to ask this, but if there's anything here that you like, anything at all, We would love your help making this new adventure work. If you would please follow or subscribe to our podcast, and you can do that by going to the main show page, just hit the plus sign or click follow. That would mean so much to us. While you're here, 
feel free to give us a rating or a review or a suggestion. We would also love it if you would share an episode that you like with a friend. This project and you, it means a lot to us, and we want to celebrate a life that's good in Midwestern Ontario. We can't imagine doing that without you. Thanks again so much for being here.